Hello and welcome to the Chip Away podcast. My name's Adam and I talk with passionate construction professionals and try to chip away at what it is to build, create and shape the landscape we live in. My guest for this episode is Charles Harris. Charles is an iron worker for the local 433 union in California and creator of TREP, the real everyday people, a construction working class clothing brand. He prints it all from his house. He makes boot buckles at night time and works up to 70 stories plus during the day. He tells stories about his job on Instagram. I was pretty pumped to speak with an iron worker and Charles didn't disappoint. He's a larger than life character and I hope you enjoy the podcast. I got put on to you actually by uh, someone who I had on the podcast for oh, it's a few months ago now, uh, Tara Garner, photographer. And she uh, put me on to what you were doing and, and and I was like, oh yeah, I need to talk to this guy. I've always wanted, like I was saying just before, I've always wanted to talk to an iron worker, you know, like I was saying, it's a, at least for us here in New Zealand, it's a trade that we're not really all that exposed to on the level that you guys can do it over there. It's just amazing. And some of the photos that Tara takes or even on your own page of, of yeah. your books so up so high on big cranes doing big steel jobs it's um it's fun to watch so yeah i mean tell me a little bit about yourself bro and, and what you do and about trip and and let's get into it all right yeah so pretty much um what i do is i'm a i'm an iron worker out of local 433 uh it's a pretty big local out here in california we actually uh, are divided into uh two i guess two cities which is weird that's how big we are and one in San Diego and then one in Los Angeles. Um, I got into the trade in 2013. Um, you know, that was about it was going eight years already. So eight years. And so pretty much um, I didn't know shit about construction at all. You know, I was a kid coming out of like an office job going into construction. And then from there, once I saw my first beam that was flying up over my head, I kind of just got hooked, you know. And, um, you know, pretty much I love rigging specifically once I got a hold of a crane and learned how to rig that that was it. I was just hooked with that and um, doing big structural buildings. The last one that I've done was uh, Wilshire Grand, which is a 73 story. It's a they say it's the tallest building in the western Mississippi or whatever. But I think there's uh, other buildings that's bigger than that. But for right now, that's where it's at, you know, and that that. People were like this small when I was looking down every morning, there was fog on the floor wow. and um, it was wild, man. It was wild. So, but luckily it was built safe and um, it was a great project to be on, but, um, and to snowball into the real everyday people trip that actually happened uh, working night shift. So I was working night shift with me and my buddies and we were cleaning up some stuff and uh, I was wearing my night shirt that day because laundry day. So I had like a nice little white shirt that I normally would like to wear on the weekends. Mm -hmm. And I fucked that shit up really good. And I had caulking over it. I had dust. Um, I had grinding uh, dust on it because I was grinding some um, metal plates. And I just said, fuck, man, I fucked this shit up. And he was like, man, bro, you should just like make your own shirts, you know, like because I used to like drawing a lot on pieces of paper on lunch. And he saw it and he was like, yo, man, just put your designs on there. So I was like, all right, then no worries. So I started putting my designs on, uh, you know, T-shirts and doing samples and stuff like that. And finally, I came out with my first sample, which my homegirl helped me, uh, Sunshine, uh, which is the Trep Box logo. Um, and that's what now became everyone's like uniform. Like that's what everyone's wearing now. 
mm. in uh, the construction field, especially, you know, uh, the deals that I'm having for the working class. So and then from there, you know, just learning how to do a clothing brand was a, a, a big, a big, big, big learning curve. Huge. But Jared, you had him on the show. Mm. I reached out to Jared. Um, I think three months into my clothing brand, not knowing what the fuck I was doing, but I saw what he was doing and I was like, dope, dude, I want to do that. Mm-hmm. So I reached out to him. He reached out and he, 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 he sent me a long ass fucking message. I was like, is this a poem, an autobiography? What the fuck is this with like Da Vinci code words and shit like that? So I had to decipher this shit for a whole month before I even messaged this dude back because one, he had a big following too. Like he was hitting all the key points that I wanted to do. So I was like, you know what? I really need to learn from this guy. And then finally, after like two months of reading what he wrote to me, I responded back with just a simple, okay, this is great. Um, thank you. I appreciate it. And then he came back at me with like a question. He, he was like, look, you can either go all in into what you're doing or not do it at all. And then that just sunk in because he was saying that this is not a game. This is not something that you just do halfway and then just give up. This is something that can actually potentially make your life easier or make your life harder. So that's the reason why you quit. So that's how the mentality I have is that I don't like to ever quit on something. And the last what to know Wednesday I did was is a plan A, plan B. That just correlates with what Jared and I were talking about is that plan A is always going to be the plan. Because if that's what you truly want to do, just like yourself, of wanting to do this podcast and making it grow, Plan A is always going to be plan A. Plan B, plan B is for people that kind of doubt themselves and know that, you know what, maybe I have a little bit of backup. But for the most successful people out there that I've studied about, they never had a plan B. They always had a plan A and they saw it all the way through. And I mean, obviously you see those guys today like Elon Musk, um, Apple, uh, Bill Gates, Warren Buffett, um, Cat, Caterpillar, you know what I mean? So yeah. those people, you know, they didn't have a plan B. They had a plan A. Um, big crane companies, LeBear um, p- potain, you know, and stuff like that. And those, you know, pretty much the companies that we all work for nowadays, the general contractors, they didn't have a plan B, they had a plan A and they saw it all the way through. They just, they just needed the right people to do it. And that's, that's all it is, you know? Yeah. Sorry. I was kind of going long on there, but yeah, sorry about no, that. No, you're good, man. That's, that's what we do on podcasts, bro. Yeah. I like it. And, and you're right, you know, yeah. And I can see your dedication and, and yeah, Jared's like that. I'm not surprised that he gave you a big message like that. Uh, he's a pretty interesting <laughs> guy. I don't know if uh, he, he would uh, be happy with me saying this, but I remember one time he said um, his plan with uh, kind of his whole brand is to try and kick Carhartt in the dick as hard as he can, which I found was <laughs> Yeah, really he told funny. me that shit. Yeah, you know, like he, he's, that's his plan A and he's he's going to do it, I think. So yeah, no, good on you. Yeah, and, and I did watch that... Um, what to know Wednesday and, and yeah you're right you, you have to if you really want something then you have to go all in and I think the hard part especially when you're building something from the ground um, you know like like what we're doing every day um, it, it it takes a long time to progress and to finish a project or to to get to where you want to go and you have to you're in the ground for a long time and you got to make moves and you got to work hard and it takes a long time to get anything going but if you stick at it then yeah like you say that's how those big brands came about or that's how you be successful i think you have to have that uh dedication and it's quite hard these days right because we live in a world where uh, that instant success is kind of like dangled in front of you like a carrot and you think it's yeah. quite easy to obtain or you can have, you know, 
yeah, you can be gratified quite easily. Um, and you're not really um, punished for quitting something because there's always something new to do. So uh, to stick at one thing like you're, like you're trying to do is, uh, yeah, it's pretty impressive. So, so I want to talk about uh, a lot of stuff, but that 73 story building, tell me a little bit about that, man. That's pretty, that's pretty cool. I'd love to talk to more about that. So how, how long were you on that project for? You did the structural steel for that, that whole building. Is that right? Um, so there, okay. So within the local 433, we have multiple companies. The main company that was doing the structural steel, um, I wasn't on, actually on that company because I was supposed to go, but uh, they're all filled up with guys already. So I went to the next thing, which is uh, I do, we do. Okay. So pretty much to break it down, mm. uh, iron workers specifically don't do just structural steel. We actually got diverse by doing finished work such as glass, uh, stainless steel, um, and then they're breaking down to miscellaneous, which is like your parking garages. We do like stuff like that, a little miscellaneous stuff that has to do with steel canopies, you know, steel canopies that are there on the exterior building. We do that. Mm -hmm. So Chef Steel was the uh, main contractor to do the erection of the building, which they did a fantastic mm -hmm. fucking job. And then um, then there was Plastel, which was a company I was working for. We did most of all the miscellaneous work in the building. Then we had our finished guys, which is a composite of glazers and also iron workers, which did all the uh, exterior uh, glass, which is the skin over the building. Mm. So, I mean, each and every day we were like uh, when we were doing elevator tubes for the elevators to go up and down because, you know, you need to put tubes inside the building after the concrete's poured mm -hmm. so the uh, elevators can, you know, ride up straight. Um, that was scary within itself because you're not outside anymore. You're inside the building. And if you're like 60 to 50 stories up, it looking down, it's straight darkness. Like what, you know, one day <laughs> it's straight darkness and it's scary because we have to build out a platform uh, to put our um, scaffold up so we can erect the tubes inside because obviously, you know, there's no working floor. So we have to make a working floor mm. inside the elevator shaft. So one day me and my buddies were like, fuck it, let's see how far we're up. So we got uh, glow sticks. I brought glow sticks. We, we broke them, cracked them up, shaked them, threw it into the fucking hole, see how far they went. Literally no more than 10 seconds. We couldn't see it no more. That's how dark wow. it was. And that's how high we were. So that's how we knew that, you know what I mean? Each and every day what we're doing is fucking pretty fucking dangerous, you know? Yeah. And on top of it, we had carpenters working above us because they were doing the, uh, the pour. They were framing the um, the walls. They were framing the uh, tower, pretty much. So there are time to time that shit does fall through the fucking to the to, from the roof down. Mm. And but luckily, you know, we have a crash check that's above us. But sometimes that shit just comes down and hot wow. breaks through the crash check. And we had a couple of shit fall on us, but you know, more or less, luckily we're we're able to uh, be safe at the time. Mm. So I was there for about a year, dude. Um, unfortunately, mm. I don't know if you knew this, but um, there was a I don't want. I'm not going to say the trade he was in, but there was a, a let's say a tradesman, right? Mm -hmm. A tradesman that was working there. And I was off that day. But what ended up happening was that story was said that he and his wife were getting a divorce. And it was really, really bad to the point where he did commit suicide. Wow. He jumped off the building, the side of the building to his death, pretty much. And they shut the job down for a good week and a half. So OSHA mm -hmm. came out there inspected everything uh did the report and everything else and uh you know god rest that guy's soul but you know that that kind of was his eye opener because he really i guess he really did want to do it because there's two forms of protection for us there on that building there is our safety cable that we built out and then there is like a, a six foot 
fence that we built out on every single floor. So there's like a mm. double protection. So let's say like you slide your hammer across the floor, it's not going to reach out to the outside. Plus there's a net on the outside of the building to catch anything else from the, mm. from the top. So he cleared that, that, and he cleared the net and he went in the hole and that was it. I mean, you know, fortunately that that's what happened, but everything else on that building, I mean, it was great, dude. Like uh, it was a really, really fun job. Like it was a lot of people there. I mean, it was, it was going on 24-7. We had uh, morning shift, swing shift, night shift, They're just going on 24-7. It was a fun building, dude. And wow. people were so small. Like, I've never seen people that small on the ground. And the cars looked like little toy cars, like, moving. Like, they were going in the like, – they were going – Regular speed, but when you're looking at it from up there, they're moving like inches, like little inch, 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 inch. Yeah. They were like going like you know 20, 30 miles an hour. Oh, but man. uh, you know, it was, a, it, was a, it was a fun, it was a fun job, man. Yeah, a bit. That's kind of yeah, man. That's a pretty crazy experience, and and it's a shame what mm -hmm. you say about that guy who uh who jumped off. You know, I, I guess it speaks to there's definitely an um there's a danger involved in in construction that a lot of people i wouldn't say take, oh, fuck take yeah. for granted but you know oh, yeah. at the same time it's um it's serious and and health and safety has really stepped up in the last few years but do you find yeah. there's also uh, you know like you say it's scary and it, it's pretty intense working up there but there's there must be a little bit of of thrill and excitement involved in that as well if you know what i mean you're working up so high and the stakes are quite high like you say you're, you're like 70 floors up it's pretty yeah. intense you know i mean there's a there's an element of of building that's quite thrilling in terms of the danger i know i, I haven't been really exposed to big structures like that but uh, a few months ago yeah, we did butthole pucker. yeah i bet you know yeah I, I mean i've had that in a small dose myself you know we were lifting precast um mm -hmm. walls you know cranes picking them up and we're underneath yeah. holding holding the the props and you know you, you know when you're building when you're casting those panels and you've got the lifting eyes at the top of the top of the yeah. panel um and you think, man, that, that panel weighs 15 ton and there's two little eyelets. That's all that's holding it up, you know? And, yeah. the and you're standing underneath it with this massive prop and you're like, man, I hope that doesn't drop right now. <laughs> you yeah, like, you're cracking half or some yeah, shit. Yeah, you know? yeah, you know? And But it's exciting at the same time, you know? It's like, a, it's like a drug almost, that kind of thrill that you can get with the dangerous elements of construction. It's, it's quite cool. And then, you know, it, you take your head off to the guys like yourself or who are doing that every day, like all the way up there and like it's nothing, you know? It's just, yeah, hey, it's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, to, to be honest, I mean, like shit, when I got in, I didn't know shit about construction. I didn't know anything about ironwork. Actually, my best friend, Tony Tufan, that guy... You know, that guy is a beast, dude. Like, he had multiple neck surgeries, back surgeries. I mean, this guy was just a structural beast. Like, this dude loved structural iron. Every single day I've seen him, like, this dude handles massive, massive fucking columns, bro. I'm talking about gigantic footings. Like, he just handles it like there's nothing. And obviously, that's the reason why I got those surgeries. But he was the one who turned me on to being an eye worker. And to be honest with you, when he told me, hey, man, I made my first hundred grand. And I was like, what the fuck? And we're both the same age. And I was looking at him. I was like, how the fuck are you making a hundred thousand? He goes, iron working, bro. Construction. That's where it's at. You know? And then I was like, that is freaking sick. He goes, 
I was like, how do I get in? I want to make a hundred grand. He goes, it's a lot of hard work. I don't think you got what it takes. So I went through this whole one year pre-hazing of keep on telling. They kept on telling me he has a brother-in-law in the trade name. Um, we call him Shaggy, mm-hmm. uh, Shaggy Burial. And he has most of all his brothers in the uh, in the trade as well. We kind of call him like a little mafia clique because they control a lot of shit, you know. So luckily for me, I went to go talk to Shaggy and goes, oh, go talk to my brother, Gabriel, which was a business agent at the time. And he goes, go talk to him and ask him if you can get a job and, and get sponsored as an apprentice, because that's how we have to do it out here in uh, California. You have to find a sponsor, pretty much a, a company that's willing to hire you for for uh, no more than six weeks. And that's your that's your term. So after six weeks, if you don't cut it, they can fire you just gone by. Mm-hmm. And then you have to you're going to be on your own looking for work or you have to go to Union Hall and get on the out of work list and all that shit. So. Um, I, I tried my ass off for a whole year cause I knew it was worth it. Like there was no plan B that was only plan A. Mm-hmm. So I kept on doing everything. Even at, there was a fucking moment. Like I think right before I got the phone call that I got a job was, um, I called Gabriel. Right. And I said, Hey man, like, is there any jobs open? He goes, no, nah, nothing right now. Um, you know, come see me later at my office or, um, you know, just come visit me at my office. But I never had a chance to, cause I was just like, I was, I was stuck in that. Okay. So Here's the thing um, that I talked to with somebody too. It's uh, kind of sidetracking was that people that normally work in the office and people that work in the construction field, there's two different beasts. Okay. So the people that work in the office, depending on what your, your field is, if it's finance and you're in sales, we're almost about the same type of breed because you have to sell yourself on the field. You have to hustle. You have to grind. You have to say, yes, I can do it. Or no, I cannot do it if it doesn't feel safe, but it's always having that great attitude. And being a salesperson, that that was my background when I was in the office. I would kill it every single fucking day. Um, I would close deals. I would make sure that, you know, all my clients were happy. That's the same thing as in the construction field, that you show up every single fucking day ready to work. You have your tools ready, right? So that was the mindset that I did not understand right away when Gabriel told me to show up to the office. So I just had thought that he just wanted to see me and bullshit with me. But one day I was actually close in San Bernardino out here in California. I did stop by in the office and that's all it fucking took. And that's how I got a fucking job. Mm-hmm. See, he says, I just want to see if you were going to show up or not. And that was like the triumph day. I was, I'm not going to fucking lie. I was crying in the fucking car. Yeah. I was like, fuck, dude, I fucking finally got a career that I wanted to do. I tried so long and so hard to get it, which is one year. And it, it fucking from, from here on out, I fucking love what the fuck I do, man. You yeah. know what I mean? And it is, it's a... It's a dangerous field, but here's the thing that whole hazing, it's been passed down to generation and generation because we don't want to populate a trade. I don't want to say like, I don't want to sound sexist, but like even the old timers would say it, it's like, I don't want to populate my trade full of pussies. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I want people that are going to show up every day, represent this trade the way that my, my forefathers represented it. And you, I want you to continue carrying that legacy. So even as a millennial, I still have the old timers mentality, but I take what I want and I apply it to my own style and I continue growing. it. You know, I mean, obviously they did the same fucking thing and I'm doing it too, but it, the, the main part is to take a piece of what history has to offer you, apply it to your everyday use and then carry on and teach the next apprentice and then the next apprentice and then the next apprentice. So that's, that's how, you know, I kind of felt that, um, I felt that connection. It's like a, it's like a brotherhood, but at the same time, it's like a big learning curve. It, it, it's a great thing. Construction. I fucking love construction. It's life. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I like that. I like that. And I think you're right. It's that kind of uh, general attitude 
to at least to basically just to learn how to work hard right a lot of people don't know how to do that or don't know how to go all in like that you know some people uh they're just kind of waiting for the weekend and it's just a job for them but it just doesn't work like that if you if you want to bring it and if you want to be successful in construction like you say that's got to be your plan a every day you know yeah you got you like as okay so that the, the, the trades that are on the field that i work with closely every single day are carpenters number one because we're always on top of each other or we're on the side of each other uh, number two, it will be um, drywallers if we're doing interior building, plumbers, electricians, and the general contractors, which they have their own laborers and their own carpenters as well. You know, and the thing is with these people, it's like we see each other every single day and you, there's always that one out of fucking 10 is the laziest motherfucker there. But yet there's going to be three out of those 10 that are the hardworking person, but it takes one person to fuck it up, which is that lazy motherfucker right there. Mm. So that kind of has to like, it kind of sucks in a way. And then that's where it circles back to, we don't want to breed a trade full of pussies or lazy people. I mean, there's lazy people everywhere. You know what I mean? If they're going to just wait till the end of the week so they can get their paycheck and, um, and not really care about their work ethic or the quality of their craft. I mean, to be honest, those most, most of those people will get weeded out, you know, little by little. And I've seen it when I, I've been on long projects you know, more than two or three years. And some of them, you just don't see them after two or three months because they weren't hacking it or they were just doing the bare minimum to where um, they make the other three look bad. Like, and those other three guys were like knocking out little projects here and there. Hey, today we got to go do this. Today we got to go do this. And boom, they're like a little squad knocking everything out. And you got this one guy in the background just fucking it all up as they're going. So like, you know, like it's just... um it's it's crazy, dude. That's why I, I I always I'm a strong believer that hard work does pay off, but at the same time you have to work a little bit harder just to compensate for the fact that there is going to be that one percent and that one guy that's going to fuck up what you made, and it's always going to be that way, and it's never going to fucking change as long as history has been around. It's mm -hmm. always been like, um, I mean, like for example, like um, I don't know if you're, uh, I'm not a Freemason, but I do study like um how king solomon built the temple of god mm -hmm. and i was just reading about it it just came across uh google so when that came across and i was reading the architect and how he built details of the temple and how he made um one room an exact i don't know where the fuck they got their measurements from because this was like before christ mm. this dude exactly to today's date this dude exactly built a room 20 by 20 room mm. exactly to the t there's no, there was not a 16th off or 32nd. No, it was exactly on the money, 20 by 20. But yet, what tools did he use? So that kind of interested me when I read that one little um, paragraph. Mm. And he had an architect, which was, uh, his name was Harim Abif. Unfortunately, he was killed by three assailants that was working with him. And he was an architect that designed that, 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 um, that temple for him. Mm -hmm. And since the temple... The temple was almost built, right? Those three people wanted some information from him because he was holding secrets of like the architect and that's how he built the 2020 by room and all sorts of other shit. He didn't want to release the secret because they he felt that they weren't worthy of it yet. Mm -hmm. It's just the same thing as an apprentice trying to, to learn all the journeyman secrets. We feel like you're not worthy of it yet because you're not going to understand what we're going to try to teach you. So we're not going to waste our time on it. So we're just going to watch you grow. And that's the same philosophy as Herm Biff. But they ended up killing the guy. Mm. 
So when they killed the Harem of Biff, that was it. That was the end of like the like the beautiful architects of um, when King Solomon was building all his uh, his uh, structural. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. that's that's what I'm trying to say is that you know like it takes one or three people gonna fuck up your shit when you built something so beautiful. So that's the reason why you kind of have to uh, distinguish yourself like uh, from a hardworking person to a person who just wants to do mediocre shit. Mm-hmm. You are always going to stand out amongst the rest, you know? Yeah. And then, yeah. So, I mean, that was like a whole fucking ramble of fucking something else, but yeah. No, man, I like it. I think you're right. I think I've, I've seen that myself in the industry. The guys, uh, for mo- for the most part, people take it seriously and they, and they do work hard, you know? And, uh, and I think, it's almost it is that that gang mentality or like you say if you have a little crew that that you work with and you have a team of 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 girls and guys who you're working with day in day out and if someone's letting the team down it it, you kind of uh you can only build to their level you know at the end of the day if someone's you know that that kind of uh lowest common denominator and it's hard and i think i've seen it before where people other people in the crew because they take their craft quite seriously it's like yeah they'll, they'll get weeded out really quickly because everyone else is really trying to pull in one direction and and it becomes more than just the paycheck or or even learning the skills it's like you know you're a family i say that all the time you know i, I see my workmates more than i see my kids uh it just that's just how it is because you, you're working so much so if you're not if everyone's not pulling their weight it can um it can be pretty nasty actually it's 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 gonna be really bad dude i mean like gonna it's it's like and you know um so another thing that you know like you spoke about earlier was that i like to do what to know wednesdays which Mm. i started like two years ago i think two years ago i think one day i i did one on my own personal uh page on instagram and I just fucking just went off. Like I was, I, I was personally lost in my own life. I didn't know where I was going to go, what direction I wanted to do. I just knew that I was always working, working overtime, working overtime, you know, leave, leave in the morning when it's dark, come home when it's dark and just mm. see my kids for a couple hours. And then finally I just decided to take a break when I bought my first home and remodel it. So as a process of remodeling my own home, I started reading uh, self-help books, you know, like Napoleon Hill, I listened to a lot of Tony Robbins. I started listening to uh, Dale. I read Dale Carnegie um, and stuff like that. So it kind of opened my mind up a lot more. And so one day I just said, fuck it. I'm going to do, I'm just going to go on a rant of fucking, you know, trying to inspire other people, you know, Mm -hmm. from what I've learned. And it worked really well on my, uh, my own page. You know, people were like, hell yeah, you know, I need to do that. I was fucking, I was fucking up because, you know, I wasn't realizing my true potential or, I was being lazy and I should have just got up that day and went for a run, you know, shit like that. Those are the responses I was getting. So I was like, Oh, this is dope. One day it was Wednesday and I was trying to figure out new, new stuff to make my brand exciting for people because it was, it was still, it's still a new brand, but it's, I want to entice more people to come in and see what this brand's about. So one day I was like, you know what, I'm gonna do the same thing that I did with just on my own page. And then today was what, what to know Wednesday. And I was like, you know what? I'm gonna call it what to know Wednesday. Oh, I was on, I was listening on the radio and then some dude goes, Hump day. and I was like, oh man, that is so fucking catchy. And I was like twirling around in my seat. I was like, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? I was like, all right, all right. How about, obviously it's going to be information. So what do they want to know? Oh, what to know Wednesday. So that's how I created what to know Wednesday. And my first, um, my first what to know Wednesday video was just talking about, 
um, things outside of work. It's like work-life balance pretty mm -hmm. much, you know, because mm -hmm. you and I, we work a lot. doesn't matter if you're in the field or off the field. We have a family. We have a lot of things going on in our life. I mean, things that are normally not spoken about, I bring that shit out of people because of the fact that I don't want you to be ashamed because there's plenty of more fucking people out there going through the same shit that you're going through. You know what I mean? Like, mm. okay, we're all bad. Okay, so it's kind of contradictory, but at the same time, like the most, the, what I've noticed the eight years I've been in the trade is that the most badass fucking person out there on the fucking field that is getting it every single day. And you see that guy, that's the number one guy. Like you want to be just like that guy on the fucking field. Right. Mm. But deep down inside, he has fucking demons that you do not fucking understand because what I've noticed that I've worked with some good, good, good hands out here, good hands out here. They've taught me so much, but once we're off the clock and we're hanging out at the tailgate, just drinking a beer, that person will drink a whole six pack, a 12 pack, an 18 pack, a 24 pack to him fucking self. Mm. Why? So that's that kind of when I was an apprentice, I kind of just got intrigued. Why the fuck are you drinking so much? You're kind of like an athlete out here on the fucking field, but you're like partying like a rock star. That's awesome. But at the same time, shouldn't you treat your body a little bit better? Because the next day you have to get in there and do the same performance that you did. But yet he performed. The thing that I talked with this person, he retired already. The thing I talked about him, he goes, I have a lot of demons. I have four divorces, uh, lost one child. Um, you know, I almost lost my house twice. And fortunately, I was very blessed to have my family help me out. You know, his sister, his brother and stuff like that. And the thing that I've learned the most was that I have to enjoy my life no matter what. But I'm still battling with these demons. And though that stuff kind of resonated with me because everyone has a personal problem. But outside, like if I'm just talking to you just like this and I wouldn't know your history, I wouldn't know what's going on in your head. I wouldn't know what's going on in your life. It just seems all peachy you know what i mean yes but in the end of the day when you're at home and everything gets fucking quiet that's when everything sinks in and that's what i want to bring out in people to let them know hey there is an alternative to this shit and i'm gonna bring it out of you i'm gonna let you know it's okay to feel this way because you can meet the toughest guy but deep down inside that motherfucker is a teddy bear bro yeah. like he's a fucking teddy bear like you just talk to him you push the buttons right and he'll release everything that's inside of him. But on the outside, you would not want to sit next to that motherfucker. You would not want to talk to him because he has tattoos all over his face, body, and he just looks hardcore as fuck. But the thing is that everyone has a soft spot, and that's what I try to bring out. I kind of want to give them a different alternative from work. So sometimes people are like, oh, why don't you just talk about work? And I was like, work is good. I can talk about work all fucking day, you know? But in the end of the day, how are you doing? Because in the end of the day, it all depends on you. Like, how are you going to like, mm. um, for example, I did one, what to know Wednesday, which was a very important one because one of the guys that I went to school with, um, unfortunately got hurt. He fell, he fell two floors down. Right. Mm. Um, he went through a hole or some shit. His partner was supposed to be watching him. They were supposed to be in, um, in rotation of watching each other, you know, communicating, well, his partner was having an off day because he was fucking having some drama with his uh, baby mama or something like that. Right. Well, he wasn't watching his partner and he shoved um, decking. I, I don't know if you're uh, familiar with Robinson decking. OK, mm -hmm. so he shoved the deck, but he wasn't ready. His partner didn't call out to shove it over. He mm -hmm. just shoved it and he was on the very edge of the building. So luckily he fell over, but he fell over onto um, a stack of plywood that was supposed to be like safety deck. Like it's supposed to like just in case anything falls, he fell in there. I mean, obviously he, he dislocated his shoulder and everything, but this, the moral of the story is that if you're not a hundred percent, okay, don't go to fucking work. Mm. If you're not all a hundred percent mentally, when you're ready to go on that field 
and you're not 100%, you're going to get fucking hurt, just like how we're talking about it. Construction is a dangerous fucking field, man. Mm -hmm. It is nothing to play with. We have huge machinery. We have people moving 1,000 miles an hour. We have things just moving around us 24-7 on that field. So if you're not 100% dedicated to be there, I suggest you don't. Because you will hurt somebody. And that's what ended up happening. That's the prime example of that person hurting them. Mm-hmm. That's the reason why I love doing what to know Wednesdays to relax the mind, to make sure that you're okay for the next day, to let you know it's okay to feel that way. Because if you feel this way, it's okay. At least you acknowledged it and you can work on it and you can fucking move on. Mm-hmm. You know, these mm-hmm. that, that that's that's what people don't truly understand. Some people like to bottle up their emotions and, you know, blow up one day. Like imagine mm-hmm. you. You hold everything in and then one day you're at the job site and some dumbass fucking rod buster, you know, which is like, uh, you know, uh, I don't know. You got, you got, uh, you got, uh, you got, uh, you got steel rods out there. Right? No, but I, I know, concrete. What I know what you're you know what I'm talking about. about? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Imagine this guy comes up to you. Hey, Adam, look, dude, we're behind on schedule. The poor is supposed to be tomorrow. And this shit is not even laid out for us. We have all this shit in the fucking way. And then you had so much bottle up emotion from the day before or the week before you just blow up on the guy. Mm. Shut the fuck up. Fuck you. Get the fuck out of my fucking face. Why? Because you didn't really have no one to really talk to or unwind, or at least you don't need to say, you don't need to tell nobody. You can mm-hmm. just listen to somebody going through the same situation you are, at least mm. it makes you more calm and you kind of feel like, all right, man, it's all right, dude. Like this guy's going through it. I'm going through it. We're both going to make it out on mm. the other side. You know, I kind of just want to give that mentality because, you know, being in the construction field, I see us as, um, as athletes, you know what I mean? Cause mm. we're carrying heavy shit. We're moving, we're moving from point A to point B. We're fucking building something that has not uh, been seen before. You know, so I felt that we have to always perform at our highest level or try to perform at our highest level each and every day to achieve a goal that we all came to uh, an agreement upon. Mm. And if we are not carrying our weight, then there is a problem. And that problem starts with you. So that's the reason why I felt that I feel I must talk to the working class. I must let them know that, you know, there is other alternatives to uh, to being just at work 24 seven. Yes. Yeah, that's another long ass rant, dude. I'm sorry. No, bro. bro no, that's that was beautiful. I like it, and, and and it ties into what we're saying. And I kind of wanted to take it further, actually, and 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 ask you. Um, you know, you talk about that old timer who was who was just a a boss in the field, like you say, and then he would go home yeah. and he and he'd have these problems. And I could imagine, you know, during work hours, he probably never ever told anyone about that. You know, that wouldn't oh. ever come up in conversation. And I wonder, uh-huh. and I wonder not only why do you think that that's kind of the go-to attitude for the construction worker if you know what i mean yeah at least traditionally construction's quite a male-dominated masculine tough guy sort of at least that's how you see it from the outside right until you until you until you're in there then you don't really know what it's like but um where we bottle up our emotions you know no one's talking about stuff like that you know um at lunchtime over here it's it's like that even now man like even even our young generation we're just on our phones at lunchtime we don't talk to each other we don't t- <laughs> no we don't, we don't yeah we don't we don't talk about what's going on at home or how we're feeling or what we're going through um and i think that's a shame and and i wonder if maybe maybe it's a young millennial soft generation coming through but i think we kind of have a responsibility to look at that now around the world and say, Hey, we got to change this because there's people hurting out there. And in fact, yeah. if, if we can open up more about this kind of stuff and just 
just talk and just let each other know that, hey, I'm going through the same thing, you know, like we're blowing up at each other on site because of a, I don't know, because of a steel posts in the wrong position. But yeah, there's, there's bigger things at play that aren't getting addressed that it could just exactly. take, it could just take five minutes between yourself and a workmate to just be like, let's, mm-hmm. have a, let's have a little chat about this. And I think like, hey, you know, we should put our hands up as young people and say, hey, this, this is this is for us to start bringing into this industry now and, and to be more open about this stuff. Like, you know, I mean, there's a limit. You don't need to sit down and have a council session every, <laughs> half an hour, you know, but yeah. you just because someone, you know, fucked up a piece of timber, but it's, uh, you know, it, it's worth it. Cause you, you shouldn't, yeah. you shouldn't let your uh, workmates suffer like that. You know, you should yeah. have the courage to like you do, like do a, do a what to know Wednesday and say, Hey, this is what I'm, going through you know almost like own your mistakes let people know like hey i'm working out here hard you know a lot of people especially on social media you, you only want to show the good side of everything and you want to be yeah. flashy and you're like look what i'm doing i'm the fucking man look what i got Fuck all that uh, shit. yeah but it's kind of it's boring you know uh yeah it is it's yeah. like um like i've got okay so like from doing the brand of the real everyday people um i never had a business plan till last year I wrote down a business plan finally because uh, my wife said, "Hey, if you really want to take this to the next level, write down a business plan." She had a business major. She went to she went to college, and you know now she's all like college out. You know she's like letting me know her little secrets because um, you know she's pretty successful in her own field, and you know she sees what I was doing. So she was like, "Look, you need to write down a business plan. You need to make sure that you know this is what you want to do." And da da da. So to tie it in was that when. I started writing down a business plan. I started getting serious with the brand. I kind of wanted to represent the working class in a, in a, a better light, you know, because people see us as dirty grunts. Mm-hmm. Okay. People see us on the fucking streets with high visibility fucking shirts. And look at that dirty ass guy right there. But low key, you know, we're, we're actually, um, we're actually pretty decent making money and stuff like that, you know? And when people start flashing all this cool shit and cars and, and oh, look at my watch and look at this house and all that shit. To be honest with you, I'm fucking happy with my little $20,000 car. I'm happy with my home that I actually own. I'm happy with my little fucking G watch. You know what I mean? Like yeah. shit like that, you know? Um, but the thing is though, the reason why, like I just go answer your question. The reason why, people hold their emotions in and don't really talk about what's what is because it's like you said, it's the 90% of the construction field is uh, masculine. A lot of men, those men grew up in either broken homes, those men in and out of jail, those men had one father or one mother raising them. And, you know, obviously it's a fucking hard time, a hard life because you're always looking up to somebody. So, you know, it doesn't matter if that person, for example, is a good person. So they led you down the right road. Or that person's a bad person in a gang and you looked up as a father figure, obviously he's going to teach you that gang life. And then that gang life will be, don't talk about this shit. Keep it quiet, you know, keep it to yourself. So that's always going to be consistent thing. I myself grew up as a only child, but yet I had my mother and my father and uh, my dad, you know, um, God rest his soul was um, a retired Navy uh, veteran. And he owned and operated a shoe shine stand, which is like an old school fucking traditional. You going up there, like, you know, sitting down and you shining your shoes, 
pays you two or three dollars and then the guy goes you know what i mean mm. that shit is history you know mm. so even my father he doesn't open up about his feelings you know a lot of people don't open up about their feelings my mother does i mean obviously women sometimes would be like oh my god you never care about me oh my god this and that <laughs> you know so you know uh fortunately for me i kind of got both sides of when to stay quiet like my dad not not to open up his feelings and mm. when to say about your feelings so i kind of distinguished the both of them and i kind of just embedded in me where like certain times you don't say shit okay don't say nothing because it's not appropriate nor do they want to hear about what you got to say mm. other times is that if it's important and it's it, it can impact the person's life in a positive way to take them away from negative then do it so that's the reason why people just don't talk about what their their feelings or what they're holding inside because they don't want to look like a pussy. They don't want to look like um, they don't want to discredit their fucking their image. You know, mm, like mm. the dude, like the dude that I was talking about, like he fucking he's a, he's a buff dude for fucking uh, a 58 year old. You know, what I mean, he's buff as fuck. And but same time, too, it's like he doesn't want to discredit his image on the field saying, hey, that guy's kind of soft. So let's go ahead and punk on him a little bit. See. The mentality in 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 the trade is kind of like a tribe, you know, like where there's always a head leader, then there's a, the right hand guy, and then there's another right hand guy to that right hand guy, and then the rest. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So there is a chain of command where you have to always keep that chain of command going and never break a link because once you break that link, people will take advantage. It's just human nature. People will take advantage of you just because they saw a soft spot, yes. and if that per okay. The craziest thing, though, too, is the way the world works is once that person sees a soft spot and they want to exploit it, they will. Those are the most dangerous person in the world, but at the same time, the smartest person in the world because those are the opportunists. You know, mm -hmm. we're all opportunists in our own way. doesn't matter if it's a good or it's a bad. So, and even in the field of construction, you have to have to have a chain of fucking command. That's why there's superintendents. There's, there's senior superintendents. Uh, junior superintendents and you got your general foremans, you got your foremans, you got your lead guys, and then you got your workers. It's like a pyramid, dude. Like mm. this can go all the way back to Egypt when they were building the fucking pyramids. That's how it works, you know? And that's how this, this country is structured is that there's a top of the funnel, which is a fucking the top guy looking at everything down. And then you got your secondary guys that handles his shit. And then you got another guy down there that handles their shit and, and so forth. So that's the reason why that you don't want to break that chain of command because as soon as you do that, you either lose your opportunity or they're going to gain that. They're going to gain your misfortune and make it their fortune. That's the reason why some people don't want to open up their feelings because, you know, once they open up their feelings, that, that's it, man. Like, you know what I mean? They were like, Oh, he saw. And it goes to, it goes to show too, at the same time that your authority will be discredited at the same time. So that's what they think. Me and the other hand, I don't give a shit because one thing I've learned and it's an old Chinese philosophy was that you can teach someone 90% of what you know, you always have to keep that 10%. And that 10% is what can crush them in one blow. Mm. So all that 90% what you taught them doesn't mean shit because you have that 10%. That 10% is what you hold. It's like your ace. It's like your ace in a hole. Like, oh, motherfucker, you want to go turn your back on me? Boom. You slap that ace down, kills everything. You know mm. what I mean? That's the reason why that's my mentality is that I'll teach you everything I know up to that 10%. Mm -hmm. And that 10% is mine. But the 90% you can learn because I want to see you grow. I want to see you prosper. And that's some of the, that's most of the journeymen that I've worked with, fortunately, in the field. They'll teach me 90%, but that 10% they keep for them just in case. Mm -hmm. It's that scarcity. It's that fear that we get sometimes, you know. I don't know if you know that when you were in the field, when you were still having your uh, your bags on, 
you know, like there's sometimes layoffs come around the corner, you know, and start, you know, you see start, you see people starting to throw people under the bus because of whatever X amount, you know, X, Y, Z. And that's the scarcity because they feel like, oh shit, he's going to take my job or he's going to take my job. You know what I mean? Like that's how it is sometimes. But at the same time, if you're good about your shit, that's the reason why I say you show up every day, you do your job, you be the best person you can fucking be, you know, and perform at the highest level. You will never be out of work. And that's the number one thing I've taught myself. You'll never be out of work if you continue doing that. Yeah. You know, I'm not going to try to toot my own horn, but I do the best I can each and every day to perform. And I know that in the end of the day, if I do get laid off for whatever fucking reason, I can always get another job because someone will vouch for me or I can just show my work ethic. And, you know, they're like, oh, that guy's stupid for letting you go, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. well, yeah. Yeah. No, that's it's it's uh, it's it's I wouldn't say it like boosts your self-esteem, but it, it makes you feel powerful when you know that you know what you've got in your locker. You know what I mean? You know that you've got yeah. that work ethic. And like you say, things can happen that are outside of your control in terms of getting laid off or, or you know, mm -hmm. unfortunate. But if you know that you're a good worker and if you know that you know your shit, you know, I say it quite a lot on the podcast, but what's great about construction is that you can't fake your way to being a good tradesperson. You know, it's just, no. not, it's not possible. Um, you'll get found out eventually if you're trying to hide. Super on quick, site, dude. Super know? fucking quick. Which is great though, because it's a, it levels the playing field, you know, it doesn't mm -hmm. matter who you are, where you come from, whatever, if you, if you can bring it on the tools or, or in that, in your area, you're yeah. going to, you're going to do okay, which is great. But um, yeah, to go back on the, you know, kind of, I wouldn't say opening up about your feelings, but maybe being more transparent about the experience of a, of a construction worker. Uh, yeah, I think, I hope we can do that. And I appreciate what you do in terms of, you know, opening people's eyes up to that, to that side, because, um, you know, at the end of the day, it's, it's hard to kind of go out there and give people advice, right? Because who are you to yeah. give advice? I feel like that anyway. I mean, but, um, it doesn't take much. You just, you just, you can just talk to someone, you know, and it, and it's yeah. helpful. Just, just literally just talking about stuff. Um, and, and, and at the end of the day, if everyone's pulling in the same direction, then, the job's going to go better. You know, you're going to have better relationships go. at work. It's, it's a win-win, you know? And that's a, you know, the craziest thing is at the, the uh, revolution of, of the steel industry, right? Dale Carnegie was like the number one manufacturer of, uh, I think it was um, Bethlehem steel. I want to say, mm. is it Bethlehem steel? I think it's Bethlehem steel. That was his company or whatever. Charles Schwab, which is the, biggest fucking bank out there you know mm. the guy who started charles schwab there aren't, uh uh carnegie paid charles schwab a million dollars a year to run the floor of his company and as reading about it i was like how the fuck did this guy pay like you know he's pretty much just like you you know what i'm saying like imagine the company pays you a million dollars a year to run your guys you know run their guys and shit but there's a reason why is because he was able to motivate. He was able to make them come to work every day with a great attitude mm. and get the production done. Dude, once Dale Carnegie saw what he could do, obviously he paid him a million dollars a year, but once he saw what he could do, he knew that that was the work ethic. That was the, the uh, company's um, motto is to fucking invite, you know, not invite, but just make sure that the workers are happy because obviously 
it this can all right so this is going to flow into something i just thought about in my head so pretty much is like like you were saying like we have to make sure that all the workers are in moving in the right direction and in the right flow so in order the prod the project will move smoothly i've worked at a project where literally this old guy um this old man right he worked for uh he worked for a fucking what's that company i forgot what company but he was a carpenter you know he was a carpenter he ended up being the right hand guy of the owner of the company this guy can run a job like no other person i mean literally everyone was fucking getting along there was no fuck you man move your shit out of my fucking way your cord is in here fuck your saw god damn your fucking hammer almost hit me there was nothing like that on the fucking job dude it was like walking in disneyland every day at that job site mm. hey good morning phil how's it going buddy how you been hey remember last time you told me you were gonna get a motorcycle did you get a motorcycle yeah i did actually it was a great deal those were the conversation that was going on on the fucking job site man mm. why because it all came down from the top that guy was dale uh, that guy was charles Schwab to me and every time he would walk around this dude would literally if he saw you hustling and sweating and doing the work like the way he likes it he'll give you 200 bucks out of his own fucking pocket Here's $200. You did a really good job today. Whoa. How would you feel if I gave you $200 on the job site? And it was a hot ass day, like a hundred degrees and you're sweating balls. And all of a sudden a dude comes up to you and be like, Hey, here's 200 bucks. Good job. Pat on the back. You wow. would feel fucking good. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So, you know, stuff like that, that happens. Like it's, it's, uh, that's what makes the job go round and makes it go work smoothly. Now I forgot the point I was going to say, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, just, well, if you say well, add on. yeah, let, let me, let me keep going with that and just ask you, what do you, I mean, what, what I see from that and what I believe as well is that we, we need great leaders in our industry. You know, if we, if we want to, if we want to kind of be that Charles Schwab kind of character, he's obviously a great yeah. leader. So how, how do we be great leaders? How do you, what's a great leader in the construction field, you know? So I guess just my point of view as being a great leader and working under someone that was or that is still is his name is uh him and I kind of unfortunately got uh I just want to say it out loud him and I kind of unfortunately stopped talking for a little while but I think we're gonna talk again but he was a great leader his name was Ryan Holiday his name is Ryan Holiday um dude is fucking funny charismatic stupid stories about fucking you know anything the thing that made him a great leader was the fact that he cared about his workers first before the the work is always going to be there but his mentality was that he cared about the workers first to make sure that they're good and once they're good then let's go ahead and execute the plan you know and then that the thing is that that makes a great leader is that you understand the task at hand number one number two you understand that you have the right people in place and number three you set the tone so you can be a dick in the beginning or you can be a fucking cool guy and let people come to you when they have problems and you're able to solve it on the fly. Or the greatest thing that I've seen was, hey, let's go over there together and let's go and figure it out. Mm. That will make that worker feel more comfortable working for that person because you know what? Hey, man, that guy is really cool, dude. Like he fucking helped me out. He didn't have to, but he fucking did. And he's my boss. Mm. That shit is crazy. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So stuff like that um, makes a great leader. It's a, it's, a, it's a great quality in the leader. Plus. The number one thing that you have to always do, and this is the stressful part of being a leader, is to look ahead. Mm. Try to look ahead as far as you can to be able to observe any obstacles that might be in your way or in your crew's way. 
mm-hmm. um, or you, you know, your company's way or whatever. So you can divert them into a better route or a better, um, I guess, situation. So everything can continue running, run smoothly. Definitely. But Hey, I want to, um, I want to definitely make sure that we touch on trip, man. I want to know all about the company. I want to know how, how, okay. did you even, how did you come up with it? I mean, the real everyday people, you know, that's, uh, all right. Where so, did it come from? <laughs> I started writing down on a piece of paper. Okay. What I want to do, like, cause originally it was supposed, it was called, uh, trap. It was still trap, but originally it was called the red envelope project T R E P. Mm. So the red envelope in Asian culture is means good sign of fortune, good luck, you know, mm. uh, yeah. blessings to you and all that shit. So uh, yeah. I took trap and I wrote it on a piece of paper and I said, okay, what other words can I make out of this? So I looked at it and I said, okay, uh, let's try it. Uh, I don't fucking know. And then all of a sudden on uh, the radio station, uh, uh, family Sly, no Sly and the family stone came out. And then there's one song I remember when I was a kid, um, everyday people. Mm, and I was like singing mm. that back and forth. And I was like, yeah. And then next thing you know, I saw the E on the board and I was like, I'll put every day under there. And then I put people and then I was like, all right, what's the TR man? Cause this guy only said everyday people. And I was like, Oh, the regular everyday people. And I was like, ah, regular sounds boring the real all right the real everyday people there we go so then that's how i got the name and from there i reached out to jared jared helped me out to uh pretty much find my own path that's he's a fucking amazing guy he helped me find my own path he goes you have to find your own this is my own dream this is yours stay in your fucking lane and figure out how to build your road ahead of you and i was like all right and you know from there i took any experience i had which was looking on youtube how to build a clothing brand uh, sourcing garments. I, I personally produce all my shit, like this hoodie right here. I produce my shit, the hat that I wear, everything that I send out to people, it's all touched by me. Mm. Um, I, I felt like it was more of a personal connection to the people. And a number one thing that I told myself once this brand does grow bigger is that I will never lose contact with the people ever because a clothing brand, the the difference between a clothing brand and a store that just sells, is just, they just want to sell to somebody. There's brands brands out there quotation that say they're a brand but they're really not they're just selling shit to people here yeah yeah take it take it take it but in the end there's no backstory there's no actual fact of why they exist there's no real reason why we should fucking connect you know what i mean there's a reason obviously why we connected why jared and i connected and why thousands of people that saw my brand we connected there is a, a story that we all had the same vibe with you know mm-hmm. so i started learning that on my own And I knew that I wanted to create a brand that's going to represent the working class in my own way and the things that I've seen with my own, uh, my own experience, you know, and it's been working out pretty good. Um, And dude, like, I don't know, man, this, this, this brand has just been such a journey because I've met so many different people with so many different backgrounds, you know, people, believe it or not, last month, some, some guy from fucking Istanbul messaged me on Instagram saying, Hey, can I have a job? (laughs) <laughs> I was like, bro, like, I'm in California, man. You're in Istanbul, a different country, man. He goes, no, man, I want to work for your brand. Or do you have a construction company? Because it looks like you have a construction. I was like, no, I do not. And, um, you know, but him and I, we still talk every day. You know what I mean? Like, I ask him, hey, man, did you find a job yet? He goes, no, not yet. And I'll send him different links that I would find on, oh, sorry, on Google um, about, you know, different, you know, jobs opportunity for him out there, you know. But, uh, oh, actually, I think today he has a job interview. Yeah. So he has a job interview. So, you know, shit like that. I like to help out people. It's the, it's the, it's the mentality of people first then your business. Mm. And that's what Jared and I clicked about. Like him and I knew that it was a people first 
then business. Because mm. if you put business first, then the people, you would just go fucking soaring into a burning flame and no one will know that you exist because it's just greed. You know, I'm not really greedy. We all make good money, but I just felt that the people should come first. And that's what this brand is about is that the people do, do come first. Like, for example, man, like some people ask me, like I do, I do this fantastic deal. It's six work shirts for $40. You divide that six by 40 comes out to six, 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 you know, so it's six dollars and 60 cents each. Mm-hmm. Um, so once that happens, you know, um, people are like, oh, damn, that's so fucking cheap. Why do you do that? Because, again, the philosophy of the brand is I put people first. I want them to be able to uh, um, be able to experience a deal that they've never had before and at the same time represent the brand. So that kind of like ties them in all together and makes them feel like they're a part of something, you know, mm-hmm. versus to just uh, being able to um, um, just buy a brand that they see or buy a piece of clothing. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. It makes sense, especially in construction, right? Because it's all about the people, you know, and, and you have that kind of gang mentality and that sort of uh, togetherness. And it, and I like it. And it's the same with Jared. It's cool to be able to wear a bit of clothing that, feel like you're representing that that gang mentality that construction lifestyle um and you can wear it on site that's cool yeah and i also want to kick carhartt in the fucking balls <laughs> nice. you know <what> I mean? <laughs> him and i studied about that brand and i see it you know it's cool and uh but at the same time too it's like we both believe that there is uh plenty pieces to the pie for even small brands like us yeah. to exist and that's our that's our philosophy and um Seeing that, like, we are going to go after fucking, you know, eventually go after Carhartt, which is like a big obstacle, but there's no such thing. You know what I mean? If Elon Musk can create a fucking electric car or send people to the fucking moon, I think coming after Carhartt or just letting him know, hey, we exist. We're here, motherfucker. It can happen, you know? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's cool. So, I mean, is that the future of the brand? I mean, what what, what do you see? Because like we were saying, we were talking before I hit recording. It's, it must be a lot of work, man. Like you're sitting, I can see you're sitting right now, but you've got like your screen printing set up right behind you. Yeah, like, this, you know, this is my little factory right now. Yeah. You know, you're working a day job. You got, you got a couple of kids. Like it's no joke. It's a lot of work, you know? <laughs> it's, it's okay. So in the beginning, a lot of people didn't believe no one is going to ever, the number one thing I can let anyone that's listening right now know is that no one is I mean, I mean, no one is going to be a huger fan than yourself mm-hmm. and no one is ever going to believe in you more than yourself. Mm-hmm. So that's the toughest, toughest, toughest part about starting or doing anything is that you got to hundred percent believe in yourself. And secondly, doing the work yourself is even not that hard. I mean, as long as you got the foundation, right. But yeah, I mean, like I've, I've worked 12 hour shifts, come home. I have like 10 to 12 orders waiting for me. So I go in the garage to like 12 at midnight, one o'clock in the morning, package it all up, put it in my car. So after work, I can just drop it off at the post office mm. and then repeat the cycle all over again. I mean, um, it's crazy, dude, but it's, it's the high that you get knowing that you are, you have something that people want, you know, mm. and that's crazy because you don't believe in yourself until you see it. And that's oh, oh his name is Pat. So the guy, the old guy, his name is Pat, who runs that fucking job and shit. His name is Pat. Yeah. So Pat told me, he's this guy's a fucking successful millionaire. Okay. So this guy told me, look, you got to believe in the things that you cannot see. 
And the reason why is because those things that you cannot see will be seen. And I was like, man, you sound like fucking Jared with his philosophy shit again. Do I have to do a Da Vinci Code shit, man? Where are the fucking keywords? What do I have to circle EI? You know what I mean? But if you let it sink in and you really think about it, you have to. Yeah, I mean, you you didn't you didn't wake up one morning and be like, hey, yeah, Adam, I'm gonna start this podcast. But you didn't see shit. You didn't see a headphone. You didn't see a laptop. You didn't see a microphone. You didn't see nothing. But little by little, you started putting it all together. And now you see it. That was what he was trying to tell me. So now little by little, I see people on any job site. Most I've been fortunate to see, been to like six or seven job sites, right? Mm. And I've seen my shirt at least once or twice, someone wearing it. I don't go up to them and say, hey man, I like your shirt, dude. You fucking wearing my shit. You know, <laughs> I'm kind of like, uh, I get shy about that shit. I kind of like, uh, don't like, I guess I feel like I'm boasting like, hey, yeah, that's my shit. You know, mm. I don't like doing that. Yeah, I kind of like kind of, in a way, kind of nonchalantly just make it seem like, oh, like if they notice me, cool. If they don't, that's fine. But it's an amazing feeling to see that, hey, that that, that guy's wearing my shit, you know what I mean? Yeah. On the field. And I'll snap a couple of pictures and then I'll fucking show them later that day. Like, hey, bro, like, like I took some pictures of you, you know, whatever. And that's sometimes that's that's a way I'll introduce myself, but not most of the time. Most of the time I'll just snap a couple of pictures. And if I can find them on Instagram, I'll tag, I'll, I'll send them that picture on uh, their their direct message and then from there they can kind of figure oh that was you on my job site then at least that was kind of like less um i guess i just i was never raised to be a show-off type of person mm. uh, my, my dad was caught he was always saying to be humble be nice to people care about what they don't care about what they think but know that they're always thinking about you in a worse way or in a good way but don't let that judge don't let them don't let their judgment judge you in that way. So carry yourself in a certain way where people will see you and will hear you and will acknowledge you. And that speaks louder than anything else. Cause if you have to open your mouth up and say, Hey, I'm da this and I did it. Mm -hmm. It don't, it don't mean shit. You know what I mean? It's like, you're just the loud mouth in the room. You know, the silent, the more silent ones are deadly, dude. Like, I mean, mm -hmm. really fucking deadly. So <laughs> that's the kind of like, that's the kind of way I operate. It's like, I look around, you know, I kind of just, you know, assess the situation and everything else and just make sure that, you know, um, everything's good. I mean, so far with the brand dude, the future of it is, is endless. Um, I'm kind of working on to, I already have the work shirts going. A lot of people are actually liking the work shirts. Um, now it's actually starting to catch on. Now I'm kind of moving towards more gear. Um, I had thought that I wanted to go do jeans just like Carhartt, but that has a lot of bigger capital involved. So I'm going to lay back on that. Um, next set is just continue providing quality shit to the fucking working class, making sure that they're covered when they're in the field. If they're cold, I got a hoodie for them. I got a jacket for them. If they're out and about with their family, Hey, I got, I got the work. I, I got the streetwear shirts for you. Mm. Uh, hats, you know, I did sunglasses one day and then, uh, randomly I did shorts. I did fucking jogger mm. shorts. It was a fucking hit. Like I sold out instantaneously in a weekend. Uh, you know, shit like that. So um, I'm just kind of still figuring it out. But at the same time, um, I'm only going to it's only going to grow bigger from here. And that's for sure. That's cool, man. Yeah, I, I like it. And and uh, one thing I really like that, that I haven't seen anyone do before, maybe because I just I don't look hard enough, but I really like those um, la uh, boot lace buckles you do. <laughs> oh yeah those are cool man that's a great yeah. idea you know that's a little way of being able to uh i think obviously the 433 is your uh local union like you're saying yeah it's a cool way to just um 
I don't know, show show your show your colors, if you will, or show who yeah. you're representing. Or I think that's awesome. That's a great idea. You know, you could put a whole bunch of stuff on a on a boot buckle like that, and um, yeah, and hey, it, I actually I actually make those myself. Like, uh, is that right? right? Right. Yeah. Okay. So this is my garage where I'm at. This is like my my factory where I have my little my little kids running around helping me out. And um, so right behind you since you're facing me um is uh in front of me is uh my jewelry bench mm-hmm. uh where you know i used to i i dibble dabble in jewelry because of my wife's father uh mm. my father-in-law he's a jeweler he's a mm. fucking that guy's a fantastic fucking worker man i mean this guy came from cambodia not knowing english to fucking running his own little fucking jewelry empire which is great he has really good work ethics that's the reason why we click but he's the one who taught me how to make those little boot lace pendants because one day mm. i was coming home from work and red wing boots have those little american flags on them mm. well my shoelace ripped i lost one of those pendants i kept one and i said you know what fuck this shit i i really i think i should put a cross butt on it or uh say local 433 so we designed one on the computer and from there we started casting mm. we cast our first one which is a mold it's like a little tiny mold that we have that we make and then we started casting it so i i melt down uh aluminum gold copper alloy i do this shit in in this fucking garage wow. and it stinks dude so if, if, I, if i have to do it i have to do it in a weekend with the garage open and all that shit so we do it and then we fucking we shot our first uh set and it came out clean and then i started passing i gave it away initially in the beginning to my crew that i was working with and then from there it just spread it like wildfire we started selling it on eBay at first. And then from there, I started applying it into my website. And ever since then, it's been great. I love doing those little motherfuckers, you know, like they're fun. Like I love polishing shit. Cause once I, I have a polisher um, over here where I polish all the, you know, rings and jewelry and shit. And once I get polishing, like my fingers turn super black because of the, the, uh, the wheel. Mm. But after I'm done with it and I look at it, I'm like, damn, that shit looks so dope. And then the same excitement that I get is the same excitement the person gets when they get it. They're like, mm. just like, Oh my fucking God, this thing is so crazy. How do you make this shit? You know, it's just, it's all by hand. You have to clean it. It's, it's rusty, dude. It's like a piece of metal that you have to polish buff and then give a finished product to a customer, you know? And that's the same same philosophy same ideology of how how to how to make a great product you know mm. anything i've learned in the field i applied it to my business and i'm still applying it to to my business now so if anyone's ever you know anyone that's listening to this it's like if you're lost take any experience that you got previously in your life or any work that you had apply it because there's something in there that helped you progress to where you are now and continue just using it and continue growing you know what i mean that's mm-hmm. that's what i did it's just Show up every day, shut the fuck up and have a good work ethic, have a good attitude. And, you know, you'll obviously get the fucking job done, you know. So that's that's uh, that's the real everyday people for you. That's cool, bro. I love it. So so, you know, when you say the future, I mean, you obviously you have a lot of passion about your brand, but then you also love construction. You know, sometimes I've thought about I, I don't to be fair, I don't put as much effort into the podcast as I probably should do because I'm really focused on my career right now. But yeah, you know, if you had the the choice between being able to make trip a career or really progressing in construction, which way do you go? I'm I'm interested in that. There's a lot of like little brands or little kind of side hustles that construction people will do. You know, is that the long term goal? Would you rather just sell clothes or, or build the brand or would you do you still enjoy getting out in the field and and doing it because especially if you're if you're coming like you say you want to keep your connection with the people one thing that absolutely 
helps you do that at the moment is the fact that you're still working you're still out there on the tools you know what i'm saying you're still connecting in that way so how do you balance the two going forward okay so i've kind of taught myself a little bit of life work balance my life is consistently just go 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 until i can't go no more which is i have a okay so pretty much i have a threshold my threshold is once i hit 58 exactly 58 years old i will slow the fuck down if i can and if i had to choose i honestly would still be working in the field Mm. but at the same time i would it okay so like i said again i'll I'll use uh construction as a reference again so you are in the office you don't have your belt on anymore so just imagine that in a different context where I am not in the field no more. I'm in the office and I'm handling shit now, right? So that's the way I look at it. That's one reference that I've learned out in the field is that when people hang up their bags, they don't hang up for good. But the thing that they're doing now is providing a better gateway for the workers to complete their job successfully. So the way I see it is that if I do have to hang up my bags and do the real everyday people full time, I want to make sure that they have all the tools accessible to them, meaning that they have all the right proper gear, such as the long sleeves, the jackets, the hoodies, the beanies, whatever Carhartt's fucking doing, they're doing it right for obviously fucking some reason. But the difference is that my face has been seen on the field. Your face has seen on the field. Mm -hmm. So people respect you. People know you, they know of you. So they know of me, they know, they respect me, they know my work ethic. So they know that for a sure fact, just because I'm not on the field, I still will represent them in the right way that they want me to. And that's the support that I get. But if, if I truly am torn that I still want to be on the field, I will still choose a fucking field any day because that's where I fucking started. And I would not, I would not blink an eye just because the brand is making great money. It's probably even making more money than I would make in a paycheck every week. Doesn't mean the fact that I should turn my back on the field. That's where it all fucking started. Mm-hmm. So that's the reason why I want to do a compare and con- I want to contrast it saying that even if I step my foot off the field and I'm in the office running the brand, it's not to say that I'm not going to think about the field no more. Obviously I am because I want to make sure that you guys are um, represented in a certain way. I want to make sure that you guys are taken care of and I want to make sure that you guys are happy with what's going on. So that's the reason why I did a foundation where there's what to know Wednesday to make sure that you guys are still good there mentally. I do my clothing to make sure that you're still taken care of in the right way. So make sure you have your proper PPE or your proper shit, or you want to look cool or whatever, whatever attitude you have on that field. I have you, I got you. And lastly, when I say represent the working class, I want to be out there talking to you. I want to talk to as many fucking people out there exposing the working class, exposing the construction field, exposing that you don't necessarily need to go to college and get a degree because you might not even get that fucking job that you got a degree for. But there is a trade out there for you. You just need to find it. It's either plumbing, carpentry, electrician, uh, pipe fitters, tin knockers or an iron worker or whatever it may be. There is something out there for you. You don't need to spend thousands of thousands of dollars on fucking on a um, college degree that you may not even fucking use. You know what I mean? Shit like that. I want to continue shining light on the construction field and different trades to continue growing 
my trade and continue growing other trades because in that way we all grow and we all grow together. So that's, that's where I can be more of help if I'm not on the field. Either way, I want to be more of a service than just a liability to some other people. You know, that's the way I look at it. That's so cool, it's kind of like, I guess I'm 50-50 about it, but if I really have to choose, I'll go back to the field because that's where it all started. And I know that, I get, okay, so sorry, but okay, so here, just to sum it all up mm-hmm. is that even if I'm in the office, I can still be able to um, control what's out there because, you know, like I can hire, like if I have to, if I'm not going to be in the office and I'm going to be in the field, I can still hire someone to run my brand the way I want it to be just the same way some contractors hire you to run their company the way Mm. they want it to be. Mm. So I can do the same model, but I can still be in the field. Unfortunately, they just want to be out there looking for other job sites to continue building and growing. That's the same shit that I'm going to continue doing while I'm in the field. I'm still going to represent TREP. TREP is going to be represented by other people. People are going to get to know TREP. That's just me. So if I'm in the field, I'm networking. I'm working with other people. I'm looking for the next project. I'm looking for the next land to build a new building on. That's what I'm doing if I'm going to be in the field. Mm. And then on the other side, I have people in the office building my brand, networking with other people, providing great content, showing different merch, you know, shit like that. Yeah. That's that's where I can actually have a little bit of uh, best of both worlds. It will get hectic at sometimes, but you know there is no there is no such thing as an easy going fucking life. You know what I mean? Mm. It's it's always going to be a little bit of chaos. It's going to be a little bit of fun. It's going to be a little bit of headache. It's all sorts of shit. You know, so that's the way I see it, and that's where I, that's I already have that like in my head. It's funny how you asked me because that's what I was gonna exactly model is that I'll have people running my own shit while I'm still in the field working because mm-hmm. I love my guys. I, I love fucking working with people in the field. It's, it's funny dude, because you get to bullshit and get paid. You know what I mean? Like <sighs> it's, it's having conversations, making fun of people fucking, you know, doing pranks on them. And you can't get that on a regular job, you know, an office job. You can't do that shit. Like nah. you're going to get in trouble. Oh, go talk to HR. Fuck you. You can't do that on the, you can't do that in the office. You can't, you can't, you know what? <laughs> you cannot tell someone to go fuck off in the office. Why? Because there's going to be HR involved. And then, yeah. you know what? You know who our HR is on the field? Nobody. <laughs> Nobody. We can yeah. fucking just tell you to go fuck off and just go, hey, go, go over there and kick rocks, bro. You know what I mean? That's the beautiful thing about the field, dude. And that's what I loved about it. And and I don't know. I wouldn't change it for any any other fucking thing at all. Nice. Yeah, I like yeah, it. So, yeah. Yeah, that's cool, man. I commend you for for having those goals as well. You know, you know, good on you. Like you say, that's that's the plan A, and you have to have that plan or you have to have that vision if you're serious about it. And you know, some people um, will be kind of too afraid to say something like that out there and be like, "This is what I want, and I'm going to work hard to get it." So good on you yeah. for doing that, bro. I appreciate that you're doing that. So, Thanks, man. I'll just um, well, while I'm thinking about it, maybe we'll we'll wrap it up. But before we do. Um, okay. if you, if you want to just tell the people a little bit more, if you have anything else to say about trip and then also, you know, how they can find the brand, how they can purchase the clothing, how they can interact with the content that you're putting out. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, um, most of all you guys that are listening, you can, you can find me on Instagram. I'm really heavy on there. It's, uh, at the real everyday people. 
And if you guys want to see some merchandise or save you guys some money and get a great deal on some working class clothes, the website is www.trepwear.com. And again, the brand is called The Real Everyday People. It's for y'all. And hopefully I can represent you in a better way. I love it. All right. Hey, yeah. thanks for your time, Charles. It's been fun. I think we'll have to do this again sometime, bro. There's still lots. Most of definitely. That. Cool, man. All right. Thanks for listening, friends. If you want to keep up with what Charles is up to, then check him out on Instagram at The Real Everyday People, Trip. Have a look at his website. Maybe buy yourself some work shirts or a cool boot lace buckle or some jogging shorts even. Whatever you're into. Man, some people have some really wild jobs out there. Really wanted to speak with an iron worker. Uh, ever since I got on Instagram, it's been fun getting to see the everyday side activities on some of the biggest structures that we've ever made totally different to what i'm doing every day really fun quite entertaining to watch rod busters and iron workers and these people who are just so used to being that high up it's cool that there's a home for so many different characters in the construction industry to contribute to the built environment takes a lot of dedication to work so high up and in a kind of dangerous environment and put your body through hell and then want to come home and print a bunch of t-shirts so hats off to Charles and hats off in general to all those people in the construction industry who have little side jobs side hustles who work on the weekends that's how you're gonna get ahead and do something cool I reckon, in our industry, so hats off to you people. A reminder that I will be in Tamariki Makoto, Auckland City, from the 26th to the 28th of March, all going well, and I'm looking to jack up some sort of tradey Instagram Chipaway podcast followers, listeners, get-together need an appropriate place to do that i don't know auckland very well so if anyone has some suggestions please fire away i think the only thing that i definitely need from that place is to be able to wear hivers and fart in my seat and not have to feel like i should have got up and walked outside or went to the toilet i am from the south island after all Need some home comforts up in Auckland, so if anyone knows of a cool place like that, then let me know, and I'll send the word out. Be quite cool to meet some people who do similar things. Yeah, that's about it for this week. If you enjoyed the podcast, then great. If you want to be on the podcast, then hit me up on Instagram at Carpenter. It's that easy. Thanks for listening. Tell your old mate to keep chipping away.